sure. What's going on, people? Whoa. So people forget that podcast. With the one and only duo, the dynamic duo, Ryan, myself. Myself is I. And as always, Kevin, who yep. is, he's dying. <laughs> I'm bad. This is, this is my flu game. This is his flu game. Take a guess of what, of why. <laughs> Did I get coronavirus? Does he have the COVID-19? Well, it was from golf. It was from golf. I mean, we don't have to rehash the whole thing, but I just played golf for the first time today, 18 holes, and it was tough. It felt like 97 out there, according to the weather app. And, you know, that's tough. That's tough to deal with. But we're here. We're back. We're basically fully recovered at this point. But, yeah, it was, I, was, I was out of commission from like 4 p.m. to, to 8, 8.30 today. So That's Eastern time. For all the West Coast listeners. <laughs> yeah, so basically what we learned today was that 18 holes is too many holes. Yeah. I mean, and... I'll have to give it another try when it's not as hot and, and with the cart instead of carrying the bag yourself. But 18 holes is still a lot. I mean, that's a that's a big time commitment. Four hours. That's a lot of that's a lot of time outside in the sun. I don't know. I'm not a golf guy. I'm just not a golf guy. I don't really like watching it. I've never, never really woke up in the morning and be like, I want to hit some golf balls. Yeah. I mean, we (laughs) talked about it, but then it's like when you're older, maybe you're going to want to be a golf guy, but you don't have the foundation now. I think when I'm like 43 and a half, um, I'll wake up and just be like, you're going to have kids, man. You're you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, today is the day where I go hit some drivers at the driving range. And then your kids are going to be like, Oh, can you take us to soccer practice? You're (laughs) never going to have time. That's why, that's why I have to do it now and become, I just want to be a functional player where I can play a, a game of golf and not like be clown myself and disgrace my family. I'm not, I'm not here to be, you know, the next prodigy. Uh, on 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 the I was gonna say like the links. That's not what it's called. On the it course. is. Well, it's called the links. I thought I'm in only. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I'm not looking to be a prodigy on the links. Uh, I'm just trying to be a functional player. That's probably the coolest thing about golf is that you could say like, oh, I'm hitting the links. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's the coolest thing about golf. Everything else, eh. whatever. That's my take on golf. All right, fair enough. Well, we'll check back in in two decades, and we'll see see what the golf situation is. I might not be playing it anymore. Maybe you'll be playing it every day. You never know. That's the future. That's what uh, that's what we live life to figure out what's going to happen. You never know, and hopefully we won't forget this. Like people forget that. Wow, so, oh, that was good. Um, NBA is back. Wow, NBA is back. As you, of course, know, we started, well, technically, I think we started, we did start for, as an NBA podcast. We are like, I would say we're primarily an NBA podcast just because we're such agree. incredible analysts True. that we see the game differently. We're, we're, we're bred differently. Like what you may not see, like we could see 
2020. Right. It's amazing. Just because we weren't talent. pro players or just, you know, we're also not pro coaches. And, yeah, you know, just because we have no formal training or, you know, knowledge of like plays and schemes and things. Or, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. That's not what it's about. It's about getting takes off that get the people going. And you know who's good? Uh, you're going to say Karis LeVert? I mean, are we, we going to start with that? I was going to say Giannis. Okay. But. Yeah, I'm gonna. Here's you. I'm gonna be honest right now. Oh, I almost cramped up. Did you hear that? That was a live action shot. I heard Did something. Did you hear that? Oh, sneak uh, out. That was I, my hip. It sounded like an old man uh, breaking his back. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been how many of the games have you watched? Like I watched the Lakers games, but and I have the games on, but kind of in the background though because I'm like. I just want it to be playoffs, kind of. That's my vibe right now. I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. But I'm kind of like, are the playoffs going to happen? I mean, I, I hate to admit it. Um, I probably watched like two and a half games. Okay. I've, I've also had like limited access. Basically, my I, I was supposed to watch. I usually watch my games like on my PS4. I like stream them. Um, through the internet and basically i thought it was broken and then it's actually it's working now so i got it back up um but before i couldn't watch like the first original games um but it was but i'm back now um and i do have that sort of feeling it's like it's like a warm-up you know yeah i've been i've been actually focused more on baseball because i'm Same. also in a fantasy baseball league and i don't know why i honestly don't know why i'm in more i mean I don't know if it's because like it's more new. Well, in a I, way. I think the NBA these games just sort of feel like uh, preseason games, and right. you know, even though they're not, even though they're regular season games, it just kind of feels preseasony because it's like okay, I understand like seeding, like that people could change seeds and stuff, and like matchups can change, but I just Preset. think it's it's I just feel like yeah, you know, it's like just get us to the playoffs. Whereas baseball, it's like these games are real and they count and right. they, they matter. And it's not just like, you know, it's actual season. Sorry. And it's probably a little bit of that, that it's baseball starting, whereas basketball is like restarting. And if something's restarting, you already kind of feel like, Oh, well, I know most of what I need to know before the playoffs start. So it's a different vibe. Yeah. And also for baseball, there's the added, added variable that, basically playing like Russian roulette where you don't know what team is going to get COVID and then all of a sudden not be able to play for the next week. It's the Cardinals and the Marlins right now, but I think the Marlins have no new positive tests. So they're going to play on Tuesday. I saw. Yeah. So, I mean, like since they're not, you know, bubble wrapped, they are obviously more prone to the virus just because of human, I don't know, er error. Well, here's my thing. I don't, I don't know what the um, the uh, protocols are for baseball. So when I first heard about this, I said, okay, you know, so if you're home, you kind of just are at your house or your apartment and then just go to the stadium and go home to your house, sort of like you'd be doing anyways in terms of like, you know, I guess if, if Aaron Judge wants to go get groceries, he'll go get groceries, you know, but maybe he's not going to go to a party or something now that this season started. But if you're on the road – there's no mandate for these players to stay in the hotel. And at least there wasn't, but I think that changed. And my thing is if you're going to do this season, 
there should be a mandate that if you're on the road, you cannot leave the hotel. Like, well, whatever, you know, you just can't leave. There's chefs in the hotel. I'm sure there's stuff, but you can't have baseball players like in a, a new city, just wandering around town. Like that's just a recipe for disaster. So, and it's only two months. It's 60 games. They're playing basically every day. You know, how, how many, how many days are they even going to be on the road? 30 of those days. You tell me you can't right. spend 30, you can't spend one month like broken up over the course of two months, just hanging out in a five-star hotel. You have to go out and explore Kansas city. Like I know, I just, I didn't understand why from the star baseball didn't mandate. Like if you're on the road, you are not allowed to leave the, the hotel and we'll put security to make sure you don't leave. Cause I don't know how the Marlins or the Cardinals got their outbreak. There was like rumors that they, you know, oh, was it a strip club again or something like that? But I don't think those were confirmed, but obviously they were not, you know, they, they were out and about. It seems like yeah, well, hard to believe that Marlins players would get coronavirus if they were just hanging out in their houses. So uh, it's interesting times, but apparently uh, there's a lot of reporting that like every other team in baseball was just so pissed at the Cardinals and Marlins because they feel like we're doing everything we need to do. And these two teams are going to screw it up for everybody. So mm-hmm. that kind of gives me um, hope because if all the other teams are like, what the hell is wrong with these guys? They're not doing what they need to be doing. You know, it's better. It's a better reaction than like all the other teams being like, wait a second. Oh, are we not supposed to be doing that? Like, are we not supposed to be going outside on the road? So it seems like every team is taking it seriously. There's just a little hiccups. I would say these are hiccups, you know? I mean, you see what they're doing. They're just, it's 60 games. You know, some teams are probably not going to play 60 games. They're just going, they're flying by the seat of their pants. Oh, this, this series got canceled. We'll do a doubleheader here. I think I'm uh, optimistic that they'll be able to finish the season and get to the playoffs. I agree. I mean, it's been it's been quite the ride because, I mean, just in the span of like two days, uh, Manfred was like, oh, uh, telling Tony Clark, telling someone, yeah, whoever it was that. Well, no, it, he was telling two things. He was saying to have a backup plan to the networks, right? To the networks, to the networks, just in case that they end up canceling the season. And he basically he goes he's like oh yeah like the season's probably gonna be over or whatever I don't don't quote me on that but basically it looked like very um, pessimistic he was very pessimistic and then the next day he's just like fuck that I'm not a quitter we're going on <laughs> we're moving on with this let's roll yeah. and yeah, I mean it, I mean this guy's like all the fuck over the place he's like it's got to be. He, I think he says he basically said like he kind of blamed on the players. He says like it just needs to be managed better. But he said he said it needs to be managed better. But like people need to be more smart about it. Well, I guess there's a, uh, two sides to the coin. So I would agree with him. Like I don't know if there's ever going to be an investigation release of how the Marlins got infected in the Cardinals. But you have to imagine it's because of either you know player behavior or somebody on the coaching staff or something, right? But then the flip side, you could say, well, dude, you're the commissioner of baseball. Why don't you put in a mandate that they can't leave the hotel room or else like they're suspended or something? So it's when you're the commissioner and you make the rules, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, these players are being irresponsible. It's like, don't even give them the opportunity to be irresponsible. Okay. It's like, nobody is going to lose their mind if, um, if MLB comes out. And I think that's what they did. Like, I didn't, I didn't read all the protocol, but I think there's like a new thing, like they have, uh, not a security guard, but like a compliance officer or something that's going to be in the hotels, like making sure guys are social distancing and 
and all that good stuff and obviously staying in the hotel. So it seems like they stepped up. But then you would say, like, why hasn't why wasn't that in place from the start? I kind of like Manfred, though. I don't know. I I'm always like uh, more interested in the guys that everybody hates, kind of. So it's like, even though Roger Goodell, like I'm not big on Roger Goodell because I just think he's so weird. After I watched him uh, at the draft this year, I was like, this guy is like, is this guy even a human? It was just very strange. But Manfred, I just feel like he's getting, maybe he's getting a lot of, I think the default thing is that everyone just, he's getting a lot of hate, but everyone just always shits on the commissioner of every sport unless you're Adam Silver, basically. What happened? It's just someone to blame. Right, exactly. And I think it's just like, People get carried away with that. So maybe I'm like, okay, maybe Rob Manfred is an idiot. Uh, But it's like, first of all, he's working for the owners, number one. And number two, it's not everything is like the commissioner's fault. You know, it's just, I just think it's, he gets sort of caught up in like the vortex. Like, I think I was listening to um, uh, Chris, Chris Long on, on Rosillo's podcast, you know, when they used to do the football podcast during the season. And, And he called it like the meme portal which is basically like there's certain people, whether it be coaches or athletes or or commissioners who get sort of, there's just a narrative that's built about them and it's hard to like escape that portal, you know? So it's like, are people really objectively evaluating everything Rob Manfred's doing or are they just saying, fuck Rob Manfred, we all hate him, he's an idiot, so anything he does or says, we're just going to call him an idiot. And I'm not even defending him because I haven't looked into everything of why like people are, I don't even understand why people are so pissed at him. Why? Because like they they delayed the season and made it sixty games when they should have made it a long. But he, you think Rob Manfred's just fucking freestyling? Like he's just like, eh, I'm I'm gonna call the shots here. Oh, we won't. It's like he's just doing what the owners tell him to do. So, and and besides that, I feel like he, yeah, like you said, he kind of did flip flop, right? He, he was going to Tony Clark, the the uh, players rep uh, figure. I don't even know the leader of the players association, basically, and saying like, hey, you guys got to get your stuff together. And then, yeah, the next, and then he's like, you said, tell networks like, oh, this doesn't look good. But then the next day he's like, I'm not a quitter. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't like, it has nothing to do with being a quitter, right? <laughs> like, it's like, if everyone gets infected, you're going to have to cancel it. It doesn't matter if you're a quitter or not, but I don't know. That's my whole spiel on Rob Manfred. I just feel like he's caught in the meme portal. Like what could Rob Manfred really do that people are like baseball fans or sports fans are going to be like, wow, that, that was a great decision, Rob. <laughs> nothing. He can't do anything. He can make a... He can make coronavirus like uh, uh, illegal. He could get rid of it and make baseball players somehow immune to coronavirus. And people will be like, oh, oh, so Rob Manfred is going to make baseball players immune to coronavirus. There's a whole pandemic in the globe that's going on. You know what? They're never going to give him credit. So whatever. Yeah. And going back to what you said about you kind of like the the villain well, in yeah, like yeah. these situations. Contrarian. Feel- a little contrarian. Yeah, like contrarian type. I feel like that is somewhat human psychology where everyone sees like everyone's talking about the bad, but then it's like, okay, I see the bad, but then what's the good? And then you see the, the good and that starts, um, that short, sort of like shines and that's like kind of what you see. So then you start rooting for that just because you have, you want to be like on the opposite side um, just in case like something turns around, it's like, see, I told you so he wasn't that bad. Yeah, there, there's definitely could be some of that going on. Like, for instance, a perfect example of that. And I, don't, I just keep bringing this guy up. I don't know. I just I'm a fan of Ethan Strauss. I was listening to his podcast and this was right as the bubble was starting with NBA. 
and he was like pessimistic and he was basically his whole thing was like oh you know i don't know if this is going to work oh if it does work i'll give the nba a lot of credit but i don't know this seems like it's a house of cards you know that was basically his thing and my listening to that i'm like hey dude you cannot say like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. Nah, 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 nah. You have to give a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like if this doesn't work, the NBA bubble, which I always thought, I mean, maybe I'm on tape saying it wasn't going to work. But I always, as soon as I heard the idea, I'm like, oh, this is going to work. But you can't say, oh, it's not going to work. Be very vague about why you think it's not going to work. And then when whatever happens that causes it to not work, say, look, I told you so. It's like, you know, you need to tell me now what is going to happen that's going to uh, cause issues because like you're saying it's easy to just be like oh i'll take the opposite side that everyone else is taking so if it actually does come true i look like a genius but it's like dude i'm not giving you credit unless you tell me oh it's gonna the bubble's gonna fall apart because lou williams is gonna go you know players are just not gonna listen and they're gonna go do whatever they want in orlando if you tell me that and that happens then i'll give you credit but if you just say i don't know this is kind of a tough idea because it's gonna work I'm not, you don't get credit if it doesn't work say why it's not gonna work right no I, yeah 100 percent. otherwise like you're kind of being very vague about it so if if your opinion goes against you then you could just be like, oh, well, I said it might not work. Right. But then if it, you know, goes in your favor, then it's like, I told you so. I was 100% right. You should have listened to and me. And he was also saying like, oh, you know, obviously I'm rooting for it to, um, uh, obviously I'm rooting for it to work, which I I definitely believe he is. I mean, he loves basketball. He's a basketball writer. But it's just sort of, yeah, it, he, you're trying to thread the needle. Like if I was, uh, I was literally like kind of listening to the podcast, like I wish I was part of this discussion right now. I'd be like, dude, give me a reason. You need to give a reason why it's not going to work because my reason for why it's going to work is that I don't think any of these players, okay, we got a little hiccup with Lou Williams. I don't think we're going to see any more of those hiccups, number one. And number two, uh, the player, like they're in a bubble and everyone's been testing negative for what, two weeks now, three weeks now? Like nobody has it in the bubble. So somebody from the outside has to bring it into the bubble. And I don't think that's going to happen. So that's, that's how you actually make a prediction. And it, hey, if somebody leaves the bubble, if, um, you know, Danny Green leaves the bubble for his sister's birthday and he comes back, but he really went to like, you know, some party and then he gives and he ruins it for everybody, then then go ahead. You know, I was wrong, but I think it's going to work. And another thing, I was listening to our last episode and I kind of feel like Lou Will, I kind of skated, he skated a little too much. Like he didn't really get much heat for what he did. And I, I totally forgot about it. I, we all totally forgot about it. It was like last week or whatever, but even listening to myself on the pod, I, I, I kind of, I said, I gave like a throwaway, like, Oh, you know, that could have, it could have messed everything up. But you know, at the end of the day, it's a funny story, but here's my thing. I see on Twitter all day long, NBA reporters and just sports reporters in general, you know, being very serious about coronavirus, which I think they should be, right? It's, I mean, at this point, it's very clearly a very serious thing. And they're saying like, oh, I don't know if the, the general vibe from a lot of them is like, this isn't going to work. This isn't a good idea. Player safety isn't being taken. Everyone's kind of cooled off on that for the NBA because it's working so well. But you get the idea, right? And, right? and so Lou Williams, like blatantly breaks the rules, just like, literally puts the entire bubble at risk. Like I look, I could be wrong. I do not believe that if Jack Harlow didn't post on Instagram, Lou Will was going to go to NBA security and be like, Oh, by the way, I was at a strip club, you know? Uh, So, and if he doesn't do that and then he got it and all it takes is like, okay, he gives it to, you know what I'm saying? Like it could have, it could have ruined everything. 
uh, and he just, everyone was just like, aha, like strip club. That's hilarious. He's like, is it hilarious? I thought we were supposed to be. So Dwight Howard is going to, here's, here's the truth. Dwight Howard got more shit for saying whatever he said about vaccines. I don't even know. And being like, oh, do I have to wear a mask when I'm by myself? Whatever his comment was, he got more heat for that than Lou Williams did for just blatantly just breaking the rules and putting everybody at risk. It's like, what, what is going on? I didn't see any NBA reporter or any NBA media figure say like, this is a, this is a bad look for Lou Will. And I'm just like, how does that, how is that consistent with their general vibe of like, this is super serious. Everyone has to follow protocol. You know, I just thought it was a little, little hypocritical. That's my whole uh, thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Cause I mean, he could have, yeah, like you said, just ruined the entire league. And then would it would would it have been funny? You know, like let's say he ruined everything. Then then these reporters, then they would have said like, oh, you know, it's like a Monday morning quarterback. It's like hindsight's twenty twenty. If it did ruin everything, they would have looked back and said like that was unacceptable, Lou Williams. But in the moment, they're like, oh, he's got hot wings named after him. This is so funny. It's like, I mean. Maybe, I guess I would kind of buy into this more if you were a type of person who was saying like, oh, coronavirus isn't a big deal, even though I think that would be dumb. I would at least I would be consistent, but whatever. It's not it's not the end of the world. But I just I think it's a general vibe of, you know, NBA media, maybe especially, but sports media in general, which is like, oh, the players can do no wrong. If a player does it or a player says it, you know, they're 100 percent right. These guys are beautiful angels. They never make mistakes. It's just like you're supposed to be a journalist, like covering the – you're not promoting the league. You're like covering it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, he didn't get fined, right? He got nothing. Well, There's here's no uh, consequence. Yeah, no, not to interrupt, but I had the same – we were talking about that on our last pod. Like, oh, is he going to get fined or he's not going to fine? He didn't get paid for the two games, so – he did technically, you know, that is technically a fine. If you get suspended for two games. There's a consequence. Yeah, there was a consequence. He lo- he missed two games, but they didn't pay him for those two day- two games. So he did lose money. So, I, I mean, I was fine with what the NBA did, honestly. Yeah, 10-day quarantine. You're going to miss two games. You're not going to get paid for those two games. Let's everybody just move on. Okay. I'll accept it. Um, yeah, I mean... Well, let's go on to something more positive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, NBA is back. And what's really interesting is that the shooting has been great. Okay. Uh, The shooting has been great. And that can be attributed to not having fans in in the stadium. And I think we see that uh, magnified in Ben Simmons to where he's actually attempting threes. I haven't seen an update on him recently, um, but originally he was attempting threes, um, which is awesome. And, you know, the offense has been phenomenal. So the thing is, I don't know if the offense has been so good or the defense has just been so bad, but, I mean, there's been so many games already where at halftime there's like 80 points scored. And I mean, it's, I, th- I think like teams are averaging like 120 points a game. It, it's really crazy. So I'm not sure if it's like a conditioning thing where um, the, just like the lack of defense, like, they just can't keep up with the intensity or they're kind of just trying to get into more of an offensive rhythm 
and they're saving their defensive intensity for the playoffs, which I definitely think that is definitely a thing, or they could just not be in shape to, you know, match the def- defensive ten- intensity and just saving it on offense. Um, but I, I mean, like the scores are just like every night, uh, tonight, let's just look at, I mean, okay. So Kings magic, 132, 116. That's an average of like 125 points. Oh my God. Celtics, uh, Celtics Trailblazers average of 125 points. Only exception is like Spurs Grizzlies, but you kind of don't really. That's not those those teams kind of suck on offense. But we look at the Mavericks and the Suns. My page is loading. They have they have they both have about 70 points with nine minutes left to go in the third. So that's probably going to be about 125 points. Bucks Rockets again right now and the third but they both have 90 they're gonna get 30 in the next quarter that's gonna be 120 points so again they're all every, every team's averaging massive amount of points so this is clearly a trend and I'm interested to see if this continues into the playoffs and I'm not sure because it, it's it gonna be interesting if it can, continues into the playoffs but because by then um, I assume that players are going going to be in more shape so they'll be able to play defense a little bit harder or the shooting their shooting is just so on point that you know they are just it's just unbelievable offense that we've just never seen before i mean harden harden the other night had uh like 23 shots and didn't miss a shot i mean 23 points and didn't miss a shot in the first quarter like he was just on fire and we saw uh i think was it the same game? I think it was the same game where Chris Stapps had like 36 and whoever. TJ Warren dropped the 50 burger. 53. It was crazy. That was crazy. But then in the same game, uh, Embiid had like 41 and whatever, 18. And like 23. It was, yeah, it was something to, just monster No, you're stat. right. It was more. It's 21 rebounds. Jeez. Was, yeah. I mean, there, there are some monster stat lines going on. TJ Warren, I don't like the cornrows. Doesn't look good on him. I, uh, I, I I saw him and I was like ah this I feel like there's a lot of interesting hairstyles going on I don't know if guys like got there I guess there's the barber shop in the bubble now that everyone yeah, yeah. wants to try everything out but I didn't is that his normal standard haircut uh, it is I don't a, remember it is a bit of a I had the same I reaction I was like enough. I don't know if this guy always had this haircut yeah it seems like he had it from earlier in the season but I mean he looks like a wannabe kawaii kind of kind of could could kind of see like a uh, dollar store kawaii. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was just literally bombing away from three. I mean, he, it, it's, uh, and I mean, that's like the Sixers loss. I know a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Sixers fans angst on Twitter about like, oh, losing and shake Milton didn't do anything. And they're playing like Raul Neto, like <laughs> to, uh, you know, solid minutes at point guard and Josh Richardson had four points. Uh, so, but it's just more, it's hard to, there's so many games going on. It's like hard to. Like you said, there is like the narrative or, or the development of like higher scoring games. And is it because maybe the players aren't trying as hard on defense and they're building their way back into shape? But in terms of like trying to follow, I guess teams have played like two or three games. So it's hard to have like a big like, oh, this team's five and oh or something. But it's just a lot of basketball going on. But I will say, I mean, it seems like the Pelicans are done. I mean, they lost twice. So they stink. They, uh, they're playing Zion like. I don't understand what's even going on anymore. Like they're playing Zion doesn't have an injury. Like he left the, playing, he left the bubble, but he has he's not hurt that we know yeah, of. 
I think it's like the GM. He's just like, we're treating Zeon just like every other player. And we have a bunch of young guys that we want to keep healthy. And obviously everyone asks, you know, if they could, if we could play Zeon more. So I'm wondering who's asking this guy if they could play Zeon more. I assume like friends and family or whoever, fans that meet him. Or maybe the coach. Yeah, the coach. I mean, let's see. I think he's playing like 15 minutes a game. If I could just get these, get this game log. But yeah, I mean, he's playing very little minutes. I mean, what what can you expect when your best player is playing 15 minutes a game? I mean, he's only 19, but listen, he's fucking good. He's fucking good. I mean, his stats are he's averaging 23 and uh, 23 and six in 28 minutes per 36. Let's look at the per 36, 28 and eight, pretty good on 60 percent field goal shooting. In, in these bubble games, you're saying? No, it's just the whole season. season. It's only 20, 20 games, though. But, and technically, he's shooting um, 46% from three with a three game. Yeah, One but three. He's, I think he's barely shot threes since he made like his debut and shot made, went yeah, like no, four for four. Yeah, no, the volume, volume's not there, so it's extremely small sample size. Uh, but... Jason Tatum had a terrible game the other night, but bounced back tonight, dropped the 30. Jalen Brown did great. Um, the Sixers, the Sixers are very interesting. So they are notoriously great at home and notor- just, you know, on the opposite side, bad at away. So now it's totally neutral with no fans. So seeing how they play, is going to be very interesting. I think they are a very sneaky title contender. Well, I mean, but they just lost to the Pacers with no Sabonis and, and you know. I mean, TJ Warren's not going to score 53 points a game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I didn't watch the game, though, so I can't totally say. But, I mean, you know, what are the odds that TJ Warren becomes uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, yeah. in the play? I know what you're saying. Well, the Sixers are the sixth seed right now, so they would face the Celtics in the first round. Uh, like if it takes a guy to hit nine threes and 53 points. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, it's like, you know, if, if you know, the whole team struggled, then yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Um, but, I mean, their defense is, is excellent. Ben Simmons seems more confident after visiting his psychologist. And... I mean, Embiid obviously can be the best player on a title team. Um, they have, like, you know, they, they have nice pieces. Tybal is a phenomenal defender. Tobias Harris, people forget he's not even on the team, but he's their he's their leading scorer, uh, actually. So that may surprise people. That surprised me. That's yeah. I that guessed actually, Embiid. I would 100% guess Embiid. I guess Embiid, because it says Tobias is averaging 19.5 here. So I want to look at what Embiid is averaging. It's got to be like... Wait, for the season? No, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know why. Yeah, what? It says team leaders, 19. Tobias Harris, 19.5. But Simmons, I mean, Embiid is averaging 23.8. Maybe he hasn't played enough games to qualify. He's played 45. Yeah, listen, I don't know. That's enough. I'm just kind of ideas here. You're... That doesn't make any sense. Okay, I don't know. Um, 
but Shake Milton doing some things. Horford haven't haven't really seen much on him, but yeah, he's, he's actually did pretty pretty. Uh, he played one game, ten six and twenty three minutes, three turnovers, not great, but yeah, we'll see. He's more for defense and just a additional offensive option, but. You know, I think they're they could be sneaky, very sneaky. But uh, the Lakers lost to the Raptors last night, and now people are saying that they miss Rondo because he was a ball handler that was able to take some pressure off of LeBron. I don't think but, anybody said that. Yeah, Keith Smith. Keith Smith. Keith Smith should stick to his Disney. Disney guy. He should the stick Disney to his guy, Disney man. takes and stay away from <laughs> basketball takes if he thinks that the Lakers miss uh, Rajon Rondo. If anyone, they miss uh, Avery Bradley because Bradley. Kyle yeah. Lowry scored like a bazillion points. Kyle Lowry, I will say, oh, watching man. the game last night, he is um, he's like good. extreme. He's good. He's obviously extremely good. He's extremely annoying to watch play if you're rooting against him. Because oh he basically just flops around. He is always, obviously, to his credit, he's always hustling and making like the little plays. So if you're rooting against somebody like that, that's going to be annoying. But he is, um, like, he just flings himself into people and then like flies back on the ground trying trying to get foul calls. And it, like, it seems like it works. The the refs were giving him every call last night. There's times where he's just dribbling to the basket. Kuzma goes straight up and down. Lowry just like flings himself forward into Kuzma, who's just straight up and down. And Lowry then just like flops down onto the ground and they give him the call. I'm like, I don't, he's like Chris Paul, but I, but maybe even worse, honestly, he he just next time for the people listening, next time you're watching the Raptors, just watch how Lowry plays. He's just like, he's just such an instigator, not in like a Patrick Beverly way, but he's just always, he was really getting on my nerves, obviously, because he was playing amazing. They were beating the Lakers, but I was just like, is this guy going to get every call every time he flops, every time he flings himself into somebody? Jeez. But, I mean, I'm not – I mean, the Lakers beat the Clippers, but the Clippers didn't have Montrez or Lou Williams. So, it was, it was still a good – LeBron's been struggling uh first two games, but, I mean, it's not really somebody that you worry about. But, I mean, it's only been two games, small sample size. But, I mean, the Lakers locked up the, the one seed, basically, unless they lose out and the Clippers win out. So that's basically handled. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, like, I mean, they're kind of set. I mean, like the teams that, let's put it this way. I mean, it's kind of, you know, the bottom seeds are, you know, still in shuffle. But, you know, the contenders, we know who's contending. We know who's contending, who's going to be there. Everyone's fully healthy. There's not too many questions that are going on. Um, but the thing that, yeah, like I said, the most interesting thing were the the trends that we're seeing, the incredible, incredibly high scoring games that we're seeing. The Bucks are actually rockets right now. It's only 100 points apiece, and there's six minutes left. So that actually looks like they're actually starting to play some defense. I'm not watching right now because I'm doing the pod. I'm fully focused. I'm in the zone. So, you know, we'll see what happens to that. What's with that. But, yeah, um, I still don't understand why they're not. I guess I do now understand why they're not counting these games for the regular season votes. But, I mean, what else? Why do, why do you understand it? Because I still honestly don't understand it. 
because they're kind of just it's like a warm-up i don't know it's just like kind of doesn't seem like it seems like a separate season yeah yeah i would agree maybe you know what maybe that's a good point uh or no i just should just say that is a good point because i mean the whole the whole uh their whole slogan is uh it's a whole new game <laughs> wait is that really a slogan how have i not noticed that um i don't know i don't know i've seen it i've seen it like on the courts and it might have been i don't think it's maybe that's a commercial but i don't know some like espn or abc one of those people had it and it was just like oh it's a whole new game nba restart i mean it's uh but i mean i guess well it's not really it's a positive game. it's a nice positive outlook on it all right um but i'm not a total fan but um yeah i uh what was I gonna say? Um, bubble, the awards not counting. Uh, oh yeah, so yeah, the awards. Yeah, I mean, like besides, I think like people don't. For me, I wouldn't want the. I want LeBron to win just because I think the amount of chances he has are limited. He's got like this year and next year, and like probably that's it. Honestly, I don't think I honestly like. Durant's coming back next year. Dude, shut you know, up. You don't think so the, the Durant, Lakers aren't gonna like, win because Durant's coming back from injury? Is that that's your Kevin Durant? Yeah. Okay. If LeBron can't win it Dude, this year, that, he's not gonna win it. Because he wasn't even he wasn't even like what about last year? I think this is probably gonna down. be his best chance to win one more. I would agree with that. I don't think it has much to do with the the Brooklyn Nets, that's for sure. Dude, the the, the Bucks would smoke the Nets, even with KD back. Giannis is better than KD, so right off the bat. And then, well, I guess it depends on if how many free agents leave. It's the same thing with the Lakers. It's like, is this team going to be the same team next year? Except like Dwight Howard's maybe going to leave because he played good and get an, another contract. Like, are they are the Lakers going to get worse next year because they're losing some players? Uh, I don't. I mean, we'll have to see how well, they've like, been. They've had some horrible. I don't. I mean, not horrible, but just like pretty bleh signings, like the. Their best signing was like Danny Green, but meanwhile they're signing, you know, Rajon Rondo for God knows whatever reason. Yeah, and, they're kind of running know. out of time because they waited for Kawhi. But I know what you're saying. I wasn't like Javale. The thing with the Lakers is they play these two big lineups, and it's just like AD needs to play the five. Enough with this shit. They better be waiting for the playoffs to like just debut it because there's just so much more room on the court. Uh, and it's like, they don't have the shooters. You and you, right? But so them not having the shooters, they need as much space as they can get um, on offense, and that doesn't come from playing Dwight and AD or Dwight and Javale or Javale or AD. But AD is such a baby that he doesn't want to play center because <laughs> oh my he god, bruises, Montrez Harrell might bruise me. What if Montrez Harrell throws an elbow into my boo boo? My God. And then it's just, it's honestly a disgrace. And then I'm listening to like these awards podcasts that like, you know, Bill Simmons or Zach Lowe are doing. And they're like, I put Anthony Davis on my first team, all NBA at center. I'm like, how are you going to reward this guy for, for, he doesn't play center and he doesn't want to play center. He plays most, I would say definitely over 50% of his minutes at power forward. And he does that because he's a little baby. So you're not, then you're going to reward him and say, even though you're a baby who doesn't want to play center, we're going to give you the center on the first team award. Why? He doesn't deserve that. Yeah. But I'm, <laughs> I'm saying all this. Meanwhile, he won the Lakers the game basically on Thursday, but point still stands. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. Basically, what they're saying is like, you could, it's fine that you're not playing center because we're going to re- reward you anyway, right. which is not what you want to do. Right. So you then, want. why there's no incentive for him? He's going to get all the rewards, but the, the, the disincentive is going to be when they're losing games in the playoffs because they can't score because there's no spacing. I'm just, uh, I'm just watching the, Jonathan Isaac injury on TV right now. That was really bad. He definitely tore his ACL or like yeah. whatever his meniscus or ACL or MCL or both. He looked really I like him. Yeah. He's such a he's good player. player. He's really cool to like watch. Like he's, he's athletic, but he's got the crazy wingspan. Like he's just, it's the same thing kind of not totally, but with ball ball, it's just like, I like weird players. Like, so it's not everybody like, okay, CJ McCollum's cool, but I feel like we've seen like CJ McCollum type players throughout the years. You know what I'm saying? Like a, mm-hmm. a shooting guard that fills it up. Yeah, great. We all we all know that. But like Jonathan Isaac, who what is he like six eleven with probably like a seven six wingspan, but he's got some ball skills, but he's athletic. It's like, God damn. And he I'm pretty sure he missed a decent amount of time with like a bone bruise on his knee to like end the season, you know, obviously before the season restarted. So that's just brutal. That that just sucks. I mean, if it isn't torn ACL, he's probably gonna miss most of next season, which is he's still young, that's a good thing, but just sad to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the magic aren't going anywhere this year, but you don't want him to get hurt, especially like with Achilles. That is a little bit more iffy than an ACL. Um, but, you know, well, you know, he's young. So hopefully he gets a, a speedy, fully recover and, um, you know, see him on the court next year. And, it sucks that he's on like the most boring team, so no one really knows who he is. But he's a very, he's a bright, he's a young star, and I don't think people really realize that. I mean, he's not scoring like twenty five points a game, but this guy does it all. He's like very athletic. He could block a shot, get a couple steals. Like he fills up the line. Um, I probably like him more than Aaron Gordon. Honestly, I feel like Aaron Gordon. I would, we want, know I would what rather have him. I'd rather, yeah, exactly. I'd rather have him unless Aaron Gordon can de- develop a consistent three point shot. I would rather have Jonathan Isaac for sure. Right. And he's also younger, but with that aside, even just like, um, you know, player by player, put him side by side. I'd, I'd rather have Jonathan Isaac on my, on my championship team for sure. Right. John, uh, bull bull. Yes. Put some, making some dimes, made his NBA debut, uh, the other day shine. There's like a couple, couple highlights of him just, Getting all these tips and you know, people, people undervalue the the tippage of players. I think that Tyson Chandler really brought it to life when he was on the Knicks, and it was extremely frustrating to play against the Knicks because what would happen is just Melo would take a shot, and if he didn't make it, then Tyson Chandler would just tip it all the way out to the three point line. And one of the guards would grab it, and then they have they would have a second chance on offense. Bull boy, bull bull has like this wicked uh, length that he could just he could he's basically like the tallest guy if he puts up his arms, but he's agile enough to bring it down or you know dribble the ball. He could he'd handle the ball, shoot a little three. Obviously, his like we talk about his frame, how he needs to obviously build a bigger frame, but. His ball skills are there, and I think that I think he's he's definitely more prominent. What happened? You cut out. 
Did I just cut out? Yeah, but no, you were saying like he's more of a playmaker. Is that what you said? Oh. Yeah. He's more, yeah, he's more of a, um, no, he, as I was saying, he's more promising than Thom Maker. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think he's going to be a rotation player for sure, maybe even better. But it is, I, you brought up the Tyson Chandler thing. Like, why? That, like, died with him. Like, that was such an effective yeah. strategy for that, like, Knicks team the one year that they were good. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> like, he would literally just battle for rebounds and just whack them out to half. Nobody, I feel like, did it before him, and for some reason, nobody's done it since then. Like, no. it's so much easier when you're battling with a bunch of guys to just smack the ball backwards rather than grab it, you know? Obviously, there's instances where you just need to grab it, but if you can only get your hand on it, just whack it backwards. It was so, mm-hmm. like, he did it to perfection. Keep the ball alive. Get an extra possession. That extra possession is huge. If you have two chances, if you give two chances for an NBA player, you know, they shoot 50% of the time. So if they miss the first one, odds are the next one's going in. So you do that for 30% of your possessions, you get the an, an extra chance. That's what kills teams is the extra chances. Like teams who are really good at offensive rebounds, they're most likely going to be a very good team. And I mean, it's all about those those opportunities. So, you know, you miss it the first time, you're probably not going to make it. You're, the odds are, odds favor, you're going to make it, you know, the next time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish like guys like Jared Allen, like I wish he could mold this game to a Tyson Chandler-esque because he's very long and athletic. And, you know, obviously he, he actually has a better shot than most people think. He's still working on it, but he could just do that, you know, just tip it out. I feel like he's also another guy who has to put more weight on his frame. Yeah. Not yeah. like a ton more, but like a little bit more. He said he gained like 15 pounds in the off season. Okay. And he looked exactly the same. Really? Well, maybe he just needs like one more, you know. I'm, I, he needs another, another 15 Right, pounds. right. And then you'll notice like, oh, he did actually, you know, I'm sure yeah. I'm not going to, I don't know. He could be lying, but I'm sure it's possible for someone that tall to gain 15 pounds and not notice it. But like if you're going to gain 30 <laughs> pounds over two, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, two no. seasons. And at some point it's going to be noticeable. That was um, what – uh, what's on the Suns? Uh, Aiden did. Right. Well, he did it illegally, but that's okay. <laughs> he did it cut. He did he, it with the arms. Yeah. That's what, he's no, he's looking good. Call. I saw him shoot a three pointer. You know, on Twitter, somebody tweeted out like he. Uh, the Suns could. You know, I don't think the Suns are going to be. Eh, I don't know. They have Bridges. They have. They have Booker. They have Aiden. I'm just not. I'm not a huge Aiden guy. It's kind of like if you're a big man and. You're not like going to be like a dominant defensive player, but then it's like, you know, what, how you also have to, you're going to have to be efficient and dominant offensively. Like if you're just going to be like pretty good on defense or like average on defense, you need to be like an incredible offensive player or otherwise it's going to be like, what are we doing here? You know, what are we really going to throw this guy the ball in the post like five times a game, but he's very talented, but I'm interested to see how like his career progresses. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. I'm surprised like he's so bad at defense. Like, how are you so bad at defense and you're that big? Well, I actually he this is like obviously I haven't been watching the Suns like I'm a Suns fan closely the whole season, but uh so last year his rookie season apparently he was terrible, but uh he apparently all accounts are like this year he was actually like pretty good. So he made like a big improvement, which is like uh you know, that's a great sign, obviously, just because it's great to be better on defense, but also it shows you like he's not just a player who is going to be like 
you know, just dick around and be like, oh, I'm bad on defense. I'm just going to be bad on defense my whole career. Obviously, you had to put some work and effort into getting that much better. So, uh, like, that's a positive sign for the rest of his game that he, he's willing to put the work in and improve. Yeah. Yep. 100% agree. Um, what else we got? Uh, I mean, just one random aside, uh, Antonio Brown, I don't know if you saw, he got the eight game suspension. So, but that was kind of good for him because it finally gave like an answer. So it's like, he can get signed by a team and go through like preseason and everything. And he's just going to miss the first eight games. So I, I hope a team signs him. I don't care. He seems like a terrible guy to be honest, but, um, you know, whatever the Ravens. it's, yeah, I want him to go to the Ravens or go to the Seahawks. Like imagine, uh, Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf and Antonio Brown, or just perfect, like, yeah, perfect wire theorist, perfect combination. Guy, yeah, medium. You know, Antonio just Brown, beast, and then like at everything. Yeah. yeah, and then the big Metcalf, exactly like God. the big guy, with the deep threat. That would be such a, and we finally see like Russell Wilson with like actually sick. You know, okay, he had Doug Baldwin. You know, back in the day, like when has he ever had like a sick receiving core? And we'll see what he could do with that, or go to the Ravens. The Ravens are stacked. Um, and just add Antonio Brown. I didn't know that Hollywood Brown was his cousin. Yeah, he is. That's another thing. Then maybe Hollywood Brown doesn't have the pressure to be like a number one receiver in his second year because AB right. will just be the number one receiver. Yeah, I would – whatever. I'm just in it for more entertainment, honestly, and better teams and all that stuff. So, you know, he's a bad guy, but whatever. He got suspended for eight games, and that's how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. He did his time. He did his time, yeah, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Um, and then, I mean, there's been a lot of players uh, dropping out. It seems like the Patriots season kind of got screwed. Oh, they man. lost uh, Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower, who I think like, you know, I'm not a Patriots expert, but after Gilmore, uh, I think Dante Hightower will maybe be their next best defender maybe. Uh, and he opted out. So I'm kind of bummed about that because even though I'm not a Patriots fan, I kind of wanted to see, you know, could Cam like win the division? Just see Cam back in the mix on like a good team, even if they weren't going to be Super Bowl contenders. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's Bill, maybe it's the Patriots. They're going to figure it out. You know, I saw people saying like, oh, this is a conspiracy. Like Bill is engineering all these because they had like, I don't know, last time I checked, there was like 12 players, let's say, who dropped out and like five of them were on the Patriots. Kind of weird. But people are like, oh, this is a conspiracy that Bill, so he could get Trevor Lawrence in the draft. I'm like, so you think Dante Hightower is passing up an $8 million salary this year so the Patriots could maybe get a better quarterback? Like, sometimes people just don't use their brain. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, so how does that work? Bill said, hey, uh, Dante Hightower, we're going to try to get a good quarterback next year. So uh, would you be cool just sitting out this season? He's just like, yes, sir, coach, $8 million down the drain. And I'm going to do it for, you know, so hopefully we'll have a better future for our team. Yes, sir. No way. He's just, uh, and a lot of them seem to be just, obviously it was coronavirus related, but it seems like a lot of them have like young kids that I guess they're worried about uh, spreading it to. So, uh, but then the NBA, the NFL also moved up the deadline apparently to like, now you, right. you need to opt out by Wednesday or you can't opt out. I thought that was just so classic NFL. They saw like everybody opting out and they're like, all right, that deadline we told you about, guess what? It's three days from now. So you better figure it out because too many of you are opting out. Uh, honestly, I mean, with football, it's like, unless one of a big name quarterbacks opt out, like it comes down to the quarterback. Right. So it's like, yeah, they, it, it would be a disaster if like a four or five star quarterbacks dropped out, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Yeah. Like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers And like, you know, even, 
you know, Kyler Murray, let's say. It doesn't even have to be like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. It's just you have enough guys who are supposed to be the starters for the team. It just starts to feel a little weird if we're just watching a lot a lot of like, you know, every week it's like obviously injuries happen in a general NBA season, but if there's like seven or eight teams that are starting the season with their backup quarterback, that's kind of whack. So Yeah. I mean, we saw so much so much change with NFL teams that you have like a base of players, like you have some pieces, but it's like the rest of it that can take you from, you know, playoff team to actual contender. So it's, you know, constantly changing. So, I mean, you know, maybe the young guys that they drafted step up. Like you really don't know. Like with the NFL, with basketball, it's pretty straightforward. Like, you know, the guys who have talent, um, you know, and they're probably going to play out. Like there's a higher probability that they'll, they'll actually, um, you know, live up to, they're hype more less so than less so than in uh, football where you you really don't know. It's very hard to judge um, how well they can last in, in the league. And, you know, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the Patriots, everyone's opting out. So maybe they tank this year and maybe the whole Cam Newton thing was a headline grab because. They were caught like cheating or whatever it was. What was the headline? It was, yeah, it was going back to like when they had cameras filming apparently the Bengals sideline, which made no sense because uh, yeah. the Bengals were terrible. But yeah, that was. That's crazy. Of all games, you, you get caught uh, cheating against the Bengals. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they, Come on. they just, they don't, they, they're just savages. The Patriots, <laughs> they just do whatever the hell they want. Oh, we got caught, whatever. You know, they just, they can't stop. They're addicted to cheating, basically. <laughs> It's the truth. They're always, they're habitual line steppers. They're just like, we, we're not, I mean, how many times have they gotten in trouble? They never stop. They're just like, we got to get our advantage however we can. It's kind of, it's just crazy. Um, That's, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be, NFL season would be interesting. I'm trying to think anything. I feel like there's nothing too major going on with the NBA. Like we covered it. There wasn't anything like, whoa, we need to talk about this, you know, baseball, same thing. I mean, the Yankees are cruising. That's always good to see. Judges. Judges lining up. Yeah. He, He's got six home runs and five games. How many games? Five games. Yeah. He, I, I mean, he must lead baseball at this point, or at least he's tied. I, I saw that it, six home runs in, in eight games to start the season, ties A-Rod and Babe Ruth for the most in the first eight games of a Yankee season. So, yeah, Judge, we thought it was going to be Stanton maybe win MVP after his hot start, and he's still doing good. But maybe this is the year if Judge finally gets his MVP instead of Altuve stealing it from him. Altuve's batting 158. You hate to see it. Yeah, you hate to see it. <laughs> I think George Springer's uh, hitting like 046 or something like that. Let me see. I have. He's on my fantasy team, so I know he's not doing great. He's 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 batting one forty one seventy two. Okay. So, and it's still you know. early. It's like I mean, obviously, it's fun to joke around, but I'm sure I'm sure they're going to balance. It'll be interesting to watch, but I'm sure they're going to get back to their their usual averages. You know. Yeah. Um, congrats to Mike Trout. He just had a baby. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's some. Yeah, with baseball, it's just like wild. Like all these, the COVID thing. Like some pay, some some people are just 
getting the virus, some don't have the virus. It's just, it's just all over the place, which kind of is exciting. I, and I'm enjoying this baseball season just because it's shorter and it's just total randomness. It's just Very, like schizophrenic. You never know what's going to come around the corner. It's like, it's oh, this team's thing. wiped out. No, 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 but they're going to play this other team. That team's going to go back to quarantine. You know, new series. Games tomorrow are canceled, but there's <laughs> Tuesday. You're going to play this other team. Go, go, go. It's really like seven innings. They're doing double headers and seven innings. Starting on only. second base and extras. There's a runner. <laughs> like They're just going all out. I mean, they're doing whatever they can just to make these 60 games happen. And I respect the hustle. And it's just a wild ride. There's going to be I, this, this guy like Jacoby Jones might be the MVP of the year. I, I don't know. Who knows? Like anything can happen in just such a small uh, time span. Lance Lynn might become the Cy Young. Um, like Sonny Gray might become the Cy Young. Sonny Gray, actually, yes. He's the Sonny greatest Gray pitcher of all time. He's been phenomenal. I don't understand why he couldn't do this on the Yankees. Yeah, I, um, some guy was saying how he learned this from the Yankees. But wasn't doing it on the Yankees. He learned it from the Yankees, but wasn't doing it. It's like, okay, I take all this great info I learned from our old ass pitching coach and then just go to the fucking Reds and then become the ace that I was before, not the Yankees, but now I am again. Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough one to swallow, especially because uh Paxton is really struggling to start the season. Like his, I hate Paxton. Really, I like Paxton, but did you? I know I didn't like the signing. All right, I just think he's very. You mean the trade? The trade injury prone. Yeah, the trade. Very. Uh, he's injury prone. True. Um, I don't know. I mean, he has like good stuff, but I mean, we originally at the time he was we signed him as our ace, and that was like you know that was kind of desperate well well kind of now that we have cold yeah you know it's it, okay. exactly like we it was kind of the problem was the yankees didn't really have an ace right they had a bunch of number two starters kind of like seven was right. like a number two so it's like yeah like you said they signed they traded for paxton and it was like mm, maybe he could be the ace but like we all kind of knew you know he's more of like a number two guy when, when he's really dealing you know uh but then it's like dude, did you know that he's the hardest throwing left-hand pitcher i didn't fucking know that Really? Yeah, his like average fastball is like ninety five point something. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's kind of for a lefty. Must be a starter, right? For oh yeah, starters. definitely, definitely. It was for like a it was for starters. I'm pretty sure at least. But I mean, you think about it. If his so he had like a he had a cyst on his back that he got removed. But apparently they were inter they were interviewing Aaron Ju- uh, uh, Aaron Boone during the game, and he was saying that like, um, you know, Paxton like feels fine. Like he doesn't feel hurt, so you kind of hope that because like his fastball, his velocity has been down, so you kind of hope that it's just like his arms warming up. You know, sometimes pitchers start velocity down to start the season, but I think what's really going to happen is that uh, Tanaka and Paxton, I think, are both free agents at the end of the season. Could be wrong about that, but I think they're going to choose between Paxton or Tanaka, one or the other. Yeah, I hope they go with Tanaka. I kind of do too. Because then you think their rotation going forward would be Cole, Severino, Tanaka. Montgomery's look good. I was talking to Mike. I said Montgomery's like the new Andy Pettit. They have the same pitching motion, the lefty. Mm. And he just watch out for the next time if you see him pitching. Tell me he doesn't look like a pitch like Andy Pettit. And then That's a good point. They, um, they have Clark Schmidt. I don't know if you saw him like when their their preseason games. Like He was just dealing. He looked really good. So he's a prospect coming up. They, get, they have some young 
talent, but even just that one through four, you know, Cole Severino, I believe in Severino. He's going to come back and be a stud, you know. Pitchers, it seems like they mostly recover from these injuries. Sometimes they're better. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's like the Russell Westbrook effect where it's like, how did you blow out your knee and now you're more explosive? Yeah, same thing with pitchers. They they get surgery and they're even better. So I just think that Cole Severino, Tanaka, Montgomery, and then whoever young guy is a five-starter, I think that's going to be what they do. I don't think they're going to pay Tanaka and Paxton when they have young guys coming up. What I am interested in is uh, LeMahieu, I think, is a free agent at the end of the season. and But he's like 33, like he's in his early 30s, going to mid-30s. I'm very interested to see what they do with him because they still got to sign uh, Glaber. They still have to sign Judge. They got Stanton on their contract. You know, it will be I'm, – I'm interested to see what happens with that. 100%. And, I mean, now Judge is like, okay, I mean, uh, Glaber had his time, but – I'm actually the best player. So yeah, no judge was, it was, I mean, Glaber was amazing last season and he is amazing in general, but it was like, it was always, it did kind of feel at certain points like, Oh, Glaber, is he the best player? But thing with Glaber is he kind of, I wouldn't say he's a bad defender, but he's, he's kind of struggling he's up and down at short basically. But judge is a stud in right field. And yeah, he goes through slumps sometimes, but most hitters do. Number one, like judges, judge when he's healthy. Obviously, that's another thing. Kind of gets banged up, but when judge is healthy, like he's clearly the best player on the team. Like when judge is healthy, he's top five in baseball. Period. Like he just is. I'm sorry. Like okay, it's what Mookie, it's Trout. You want to throw Yelich and Bellinger? Like judge is right up there. Right. I mean Bellinger, this guy. He. Goes super hot. He's super hot in his rookie year. Has a sophomore slump. Then becomes one of the best players in baseball last year. And now he's struggling again. I mean, it's been a small sample size, but this guy seems very inconsistent. Um, It's also, I'm also pointing that out because I drafted him so far in fantasy baseball the two years that he he wasn't good. So it's all for a slump and this year. So, I mean, he's pretty much... Tearing me apart. Still early. Um, it's still early. It's still I, I really early. like his swing. Like he's he's not. It's very not jacked, long. But yeah, it's very long, and he just kind of like whips it forward. Like, and it's just it's cool. Like when he connects, it just looks really good. Yeah. Um. Verlander, uh, all of a sudden oh, yeah, he's out too. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that on the last pod, but yeah, he's uh. He's out. Did we actually? I think, I think we, did. Was, we did. We did. We did. We did actually mention him. Yeah, we mentioned him last time. I saw Corey time, Kluber, but... though, got a, an injury, oh. too. Apparently, there's been like a rash of pitching injuries. And I feel bad for Corey Kluber because he he missed a lot of – he's like the forgotten man in terms of – you know, we talk about, oh, Scherzer, Cole, <laughs> Verlander, DeGrom. It's like for whatever, five or six years, like Kluber was right up there. And I wanted oh. the Yankees to tr- – when I saw the, the – who. Is he on the Rangers or is he? Yeah. yeah. When when I saw the Rangers trade him for like a bag of chips, you know, I was like, why did the Yankees do that? He's only making like 16 mil per year. And it's just like, damn, you know, back-to-back seasons. I don't know what the prognosis was. Like, do, do you know, like, is he out for the season or is he coming back? I mean, the season's only two months, but it was just kind of sad to see. He's going to be reevaluated, I think, in a month. Okay. So it's not even like he's going to come back in a month. Yeah, so that's not, that's he's probably true. going to miss the season. Um, not if not, he might come back as a reliever, but um, pretty much a very pessimistic outlook for him. And yeah, like you said, like he was, 
He was a cream of the crop. He was yes. on top of that. He was phenomenal, phenomenal on the Indians. And he was, it was a terror to go, a terror to go against. And he had like, he had a, just a massive fall off. Like he just had a down year and then he's just been plagued with injuries. And it's just been, that trend's been continuing this year and it sucks to see because I was hoping this year would be, you know, his, you know, bounce back year and uh, it's not going to happen. And now he's getting older. Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, Corey Kluber. I'm guessing he's 35. I was going to say 34. Which, which yeah, I was going to say 34, but I'm like, oh, I didn't say 35. 34, yeah, he's 34. When, when does okay. he turn 35, though? He just turned 34 okay. in April. That you know what? He still he could still have like two or three more years where he maybe if he doesn't get back to his peak, where he's still like, oh, this guy is still really good. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, we've seen, I mean, like pitchers, they could come back uh, in a year, be totally different. We we just saw with Sonny Gray. Dude, uh, his, his, uh, the Pitching Ninja account on Twitter, like when they tweet out stuff, Sonny Gray, like his stuff is ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah. He looks so I good. I love that account too. Yeah, it's an amazing account. Like it's just, pitch, great pitches just look so cool. Like I, I'm, I, I love the, the two, the front door two-seamer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like the one where the guy doesn't, it's like, it's like inside, but then it catches the inside of the plate. You know what I'm saying? And and then it's like the, the, the guy doesn't right, swing right. at it. That to me is probably, I think that looks the best. Like the one that starts inside and then slides to the inside edge of the plate, like whatever, yeah. two seamer. God, it just looks when the one, when a pitcher has one with like a ton of break, that's probably like the front door two seamer. If that's a phrase, uh, then that's probably my favorite sort of type of pitch like the way it just sneaks in there and you're like oh fuck that was like three feet inside and it barely caught the 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 strike zone the hitter they never swing at it and obviously mine, sometimes it ends up being a ball but they never swing at it what were you gonna say you're one mine's probably um the opposite side of the plate where Sneak, it yeah. actually looks looks like it's going outside and cuts in yes that is like for a righty it's it's very hard to do because obviously you're throwing it um, with your right hand, so it should naturally tail left. But since it tails right, it's very de- deceptive, and you have like some some good heat on it. Very hard to hit, and you can't. You're probably gonna have to hit it the other way, and you know usually it just either a ground ball or pop up. You know it's very hard to hit. I'm looking at Kluber's stats right now. He was. It was just two years ago. Yeah, 2018. This guy was 20 and seven with a under three ERA. I mean, he was a beast. He was a, a total monster, total monster. And then just last year, you know, he only played six, seven, seven games. And then this year, obviously, what happened. So, yeah, actually, I'm a bit I, – I think there is a possible bounce back. Um, you know, maybe, you know, mid three ERA, 10 and five sort of deal. Yeah, so Not like the ace, but, you know, a number three. Number three. I'll take another number three. He'll be cheap. I mean, I'm not sure what the his contract is, but um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I hope, hoping, you know, hoping for the best for Mister Kluber over there. True. Agreed. Oh yeah, and um, we could probably end of this. Uh, Cespedes disappeared. Weird story. I didn't get. <laughs> um. Basically, I don't know, like the full, I didn't get to read the whole story. Maybe you did, but headline is basically just that 
uh, Cespedes didn't was not in communication with the Mets. They couldn't reach him at all before today's game. They had no idea where he was before the game. And then he comes back and basically says that he's opting out of the season. Just out of the blue. And he was he has like two home runs on the season. He was doing fine. And and um but the weird thing is that apparently they went to his hotel when he didn't show up to the game and he wasn't there. So he just like bounced and didn't tell like why I don't get the thought process there. Like wouldn't you just be able to be like, you know, show up to the stadium and just be like, hey, or maybe he just couldn't bear to do it. Maybe he's down. Who knows? I would, I would love to hear from the man himself. Like, why the hell did you just do that, man? Uh, and it's like, this is a contract year for him, I think. And he's been, he's barely played for the Mets. It's like this was, this 60 games was a chance for him to, you know, hit whatever, 12 home runs and be like, hey, give me like a two or three year contract for decent money. But now it's like, who who's going to give him a contract? You don't even know if he's good anymore or what. Yeah. I mean, God. What a! I, I I was actually just thinking like how the Mets thought it was such a huge win to get him, um, and it was just like wow, the Mets are actually might have something here, and it's just been t- turned out to be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, I guess he had the weird injury last year where he like s- stepped in like he a fell on like a ranch. He was like in a ranch or something. Yeah, was there like a pig involved, or did I just make that up? I think of course maybe it was a pig he was he was on a farm I think was he running away from like a boar or something something weird um but yeah I mean that's uh it's just it's just weird how there are certain teams like the Mets they just sort of the Knicks would be in there too it's like even even things that aren't necessarily their fault it just happens and then you're like oh the Mets you know or like all oh, the Knicks and they do plenty of stuff where you know, it does, they make themselves look bad and, and they do deserve it. But there's plenty of times where it's like, you know, like what the hell did the Mets do to have Cespedes do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this really the Mets fault? It obviously looks so bad. And it's kind of like, Oh, here the Mets go again with some random nonsense. But it's like, what, what, like, why, why did this happen? Like, what did he, why did he decide to do this? I don't know. It's very, very strange. Yeah. I mean, God, only the Mets. Only the Mets. Yeah, the Mets and the Knicks are pretty, pretty similar. Yeah, it's the it's the orange and orange and blue. It is maybe maybe that's the thing. I always um, I was always a big fan of the Mets. I like the Mets in general. I like their stadium. I like their team. I like, I like their uniforms are fire. What happened? I like these Mets. I like their their squad that they yeah, got. Yeah, like Alonzo, Degrom. I think it's it's too bad Syndergaard got hurt, but like I want the Mets to like make the playoffs. Like I, you know, I'm not gonna be watching Mets games, but like it's fun when they're in the playoffs, and like I gladly root for the Mets when they're in the playoffs, unless they're playing the Yankees in the World Series, which would just be epic anyway. So yeah, that's what we want to see. It's hundred percent. That would be a hundred percent ideal. Yeah. that is that it yeah i mean i'm sure look i'm sure some little topics throughout the course of the week slip through the cracks but i think we hit we hit most of uh hit most of the big stuff a little baseball a little yankees a little nfl a little uh nba i mean once once we get to the playoffs for nba that's when we're really gonna we're gonna hit our groove hit our stride we can have some games that we can lock in on and, and and analyze and that will be i am really looking forward to that just playoff basketball even if it looks a little weird, whatever. I do think that once they start the playoffs, it is going to feel like the playoffs. The reason why it doesn't feel like too serious right now is because 
like we said, well, we don't have to rehash the whole thing, but it's just not as it doesn't matter as much, basically. Like, you, I mean, yeah. even in a regular season, it's like, who cares about the last eight games of the, you know what I'm saying? Like, if none of this ever happened, like, we're not going to be like dying and living with the last like seven games of the Clippers season, you know? It's like kind of everything's winding down and, oh, yeah, there's a little race for the three seed here, a race for the five seed here, home court advantage. So it's it's normal. I don't think it's like a bad sign for the NBA that, that it kind of feels like not real yet. Right. But definitely good to have uh, NBA back. Sports are back. Baseball's back. You know, it's exciting times. It you know, things are starting to normalize. So, you know, can't complain. True. All right. With that said, we will see you guys next week. See ya. Peace.